Andrew McCutcheon made the surprising choice to come back to the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2023, but what expectations should be placed on one of the best Pirates to ever do it? All of that and more on today's Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to that Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. And today's show is brought to you by FanDuel, but more on them later. And you guys are going to notice that it's kind of been a uh, Bucks basement takeover this week. We had Gary <laughs> on Monday, and now Craig joins us today on Thursday, which is possibly going to start becoming a regular occurrence as the season rolls on, but Craig, we are two days away from seeing an actual baseball game. How do, I mean, it, it, it feels like it crept up on us, like out of nowhere. Like I looked at my schedule and I said, wait, they play the Jays on Saturday. And everybody was like, whoa, like baseball's back. So baseball's back, Craig, pretty much. Yeah. How are we feeling? Man, I'm feeling excited. I, I just, I love all of the stuff and, you know, I see that the media, especially, you know, coming back from the COVID restrictions and everything over the past few years, they've been, you know, given more access and they're closer to the players. And so seeing, you know, all of these live at bats and seeing all the catchers do their drills and and everything that's going on, it feels, it feels different this year. Um, and it definitely, man, I'm just excited. I can't wait to sit down and watch that game on Saturday. Oh, yeah. And I will be at work, sadly. So I will be catching the back end of it and probably turning my notifications off uh, <laughs> to be able to watch it. But obviously, a lot of that excitement comes from what I've called the busiest offseason the Pirates have had in quite some times in terms of additions. If we're talking subtractions, 2020's offseason going into 2021 was the busiest offseason they had with Musgrove, Talion, and Bell all departing. But after a while, things did cool down, and then you eventually get to January. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Andrew McCutcheon is back in Pittsburgh. Twitter goes crazy. Pirates beat reporters go crazy. I go crazy. Everybody went nuts. And then as time passed, everybody's still very much happy that he is back. I'm very happy that he's back. But it's interesting to kind of set expectations on a guy that we haven't seen play in Pittsburgh in almost eight years. And he's been in a lot of different places since he has left Pittsburgh. He was in San Francisco. He was in Milwaukee. He was in New York. He was in Philadelphia. Had good success in all those places. But... How would you set expectations for what Kutch is going to do in 2023, seeing as that a lot of people might expect him to be what he was here, although we know in truth that's not the case. We know that he's not going to be that. Well, the the first thing that I look at, and, and we were discussing this, you know, before we jumped on here, was what, you know, position Kutch is going to play. I mean, we're used to, 
for the longest time, Kutch being the starting center fielder and then being the starting left fielder uh, with Marte, you know, in there in center field. Um, that's an expectation that that Kutch has kind of like tempered to people just because, I mean, he's come out and said he sees himself more of a DH at this point. I know that Sherrington came out after that and said, oh, yeah, we're going to you know have him play some outfield as well. But just tempering that expectation, I looked up his stats for last year, and you know he was a DH for 82 games uh, for the for the Brewers last year. So, you know, over over half the season was spent as a DH. So, I I think that you can temper your expectations to a degree about what McCutcheon's going to do. I mean, we're not going to be looking at like the 300 hitter with you know, 20 bombs and, you know, 25 doubles and and all that stuff. Uh, but he still is a professional hitter. Uh, the one thing that, that gives me caution as far as setting expectations is going from, you know, the, the hitter-friendly ballparks of Philadelphia and Milwaukee, especially for a right-handed hitter, uh, to going to the, the chasm that is left field at PNC Park, and especially with that that notch. Um, the part about that is, is McCutcheon really hasn't dropped off on the speed that much. So no. um, if he can start hitting those gaps and, you know, maybe get a, an extra push of adrenaline to get, you know, a few over um, it's the left field loonies over there um, wouldn't be a bad thing, but I keep on going back and forth as to, you know, I, I want him to at least hit those milestones um, yeah. as, as far as, you know, the home runs, the doubles, uh, the hits is going to come, the walks are going to come. Uh, but I mean, the big thing for me is, is, is the home run. And I believe he has, what is it? Is it 13 home runs that he has, that he has to go to the next uh, milestone there. I believe so. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 13. It's in the realm of 13 to 16. I know that I've seen like varying numbers, um, but I, one thing that I do like to mention about Andrew McCutcheon as well, that's very interesting for anybody that wants to have expectations for him is in 2017, which was his final year as a Pittsburgh pirate, he hit 279. We'll just look at the averages for a second. Since that point, he has never hit above that mark ever. Not since 2017. He's been 255, 253, 256, 253, 222, 237. So you've seen the drop-off there, but on one hand, you see the drop-off, but then let's also not forget that Kutch was a role player in New York. You look at the at-bats, he had 87 at-bats in New York in 2018. Then he has 219 and 217 in 2019 and 2020, obviously being a shortened year. But then he takes that huge leap back up in 2021 to 482 and then 515 last year, like you mentioned with him DHing so much. And my biggest thing is just looking at what Andrew McCutcheon is here for is not statistics. And you do not want Andrew McCutcheon to be the reason that this team is winning baseball games. You do not want Andrew McCutcheon to be the reason that the Pirates are winning 75 games this year as a possibility. You want Andrew McCutcheon to be a catalyst to it, but you don't want him to be the main reason that it's happening. And I feel like with so many young players, especially young outfielders at the expense of this team right now, I think that's going to speak more volume than him hitting 275 with 20 home runs and 70 RBIs. 
Yeah, if, if he's the reason, if Carlos Santana is the reason, uh, if Rich Hill is is the ace on the staff, um, as long as as long as if Rich Hill's the ace on the staff, if Mitch Mitch Keller or Ronzi Contreras or somebody else is going to be around for a little while, is the the one B to to Rich Hill's one A, then it wouldn't be as bad. But I mean, last year with with Quintana, I mean if if Keller doesn't take that step forward and Quintana is your best pitcher and he's getting shipped off to, you know, St. Louis for what is, could be a, a fairly good return at this point. Um, to me, that, that would be a little bit concerning. So I, I feel that people are going to be kind of disappointed with Kutch to a degree, but if he can, you know, have those intangibles of, you know, being that veteran leader in the clubhouse to still performing to a certain level, not the level that Pirates fans are used to that haven't paid attention to him, you know, since he left. Then maybe, you know, you, you have to take Kutch for what he is at this point in time. And unless, you know, there is some drastic drop-off, which he's already experienced to a degree, um, I see him doing something extremely similar, you know, to what he did in Milwaukee and what that ends up being is a, a, a I think in B war, it's like a 1.1 war player. I mean, that's right where Carlos Santana was. That's right where G man Choi was. I mean, they're right around the same thing. So if you're looking for that from each of those guys, I mean, that's where you should kind of, I think, set your expectations for, and maybe think that, it could be just a little bit lower than that. Yeah, and and that's a great way to look at it, too, is these guys are going to probably be positive war players, but you're not going to see, like, 4.5. You're not going to see some outlier number that is going to be crazy, and that's what I would expect from Kutch as well. But before we continue talking about Andrew McCutcheon's impact on the 2023 Pirates, and I'll also have a question for Craig regarding Andrew McCutcheon that I have not asked really anybody yet. Uh, I want to let you guys all know about the wonderful people over at FanDuel. Of course, FanDuel Sportsbook makes every moment more at FanDuel.com slash locked on. The NBA season returns tonight after the All-Star break, which was eh to me. But now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you could bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three uh, threes drained. Sorry, I guess apparently can't say uh, plurals today. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. And don't forget, you can bet on the Pirates' win total above or below 68.5 wins. I've been telling everybody every single time I read this read that you need to hammer the over. They're going to win more than 68.5 games this year. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to learn more and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. So again, when it goes to Andrew McCutcheon and where he sits is I think me and you agree. The performance versus the growth of young players 
on just Andrew McCutcheon is more what you're looking for is the growth of the young players being your approaches at the plate, how you play the outfield defensively. And what you mentioned is a very, very interesting ballpark to play in, in the outfield center field definitely is a huge one. And there's a plethora of guys that are going to be under Kutch's wing at some point. I mean, you're talking about Jack Sawinski, who's going to be probably the starting left fielder who I talked about yesterday. You're then talking about guys like Ryan Vallade, Connor Joe, um, Tukapita Marcano, Connor Scott, Matt Gorski, Matt Frazier, Cal Mitchell, Cannon Smith and Jigba. He has like, it's almost like Kutch is like a high school teacher right now. And he just has a whole new <laughs> class of students to start the year. And he's trying to get them all up to speed in like Algebra 2, even though they didn't even take Algebra 1. And now he's like, okay, well, we're going to start here and then gradually move forward. So who do you think in that group that I just mentioned can benefit the most from what Andrew McCutcheon has to teach to these young guys? Um, I would probably say, I mean, the top one is is Jack Swinski. Um, yes. <coughs> excuse me. He definitely you know had some growing pains last year being up here going back down um just seeing a guy who has done it for so long and how he goes about his business and and Jack Sawinski by all reports is a is a very hard worker he's a student of the game so for me him taking that step forward from someone who you know had those issues with the strikeouts but you can't ignore that power with you know especially at home I mean, mostly only at home with yeah. those 19 home runs um, and, a, and a good fielder. That's like a, a thing that we he can play right, left, center. It's it's not, you know, out of the realm of possibilities for him to play anywhere. So I feel like he would, you know, have the most or maybe have the best opportunity to, to learn from from Andrew. I I even think that Reynolds um can learn some stuff. I mean, it wasn't somebody that you mentioned, but it's somebody I always think of as that, you know, of being the face of, you know, the pirates as it stands right now, who knows how, I mean, Reynolds is here right now. And after all the news that came out and everything, people that didn't know a lot about Brian Reynolds know a heck of a lot about Brian Reynolds right now. So even if he didn't want to be, he's kind of the face of the pirates at at this point in time. So, you know, he, you know, Reynolds could could learn that from McCutcheon because McCutcheon was the face for so long and just any of the young guys I mean you know Kanan Smith and Jigba is is one that not that we forgot about but with like the injury I he was brought up when they were doing the I, I call it the the season ticket holders fan fest he was one of the guys that was up here so, uh, and when I spoke with Jason Mackey uh, on my podcast, he said, that's not something that the pirates do just for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. They, you know, so it's, it's kind of, if you noticed, I, when, when they had the, I think it was like the speaking tours at, at the, uh, local breweries and, mm-hmm. and, and bars and restaurants around here. I mean, two of the guys they had here were, were Chase D. Young and, and Colin Holderman. And who are the guys that you're hearing a lot about in camp, especially Holderman, uh, so I, I think that, you know, Kane Smith and Jigba, just any of these players and even in the infield, like you see him playing catch with Cabrian Hayes, you see him um, when they were doing the live at bats, they were going, you know, McCutcheon, Reynolds, Cabrian, and it, yeah. just the, the effect that he can have on these younger players, 
I, I think that, and especially a guy who has played at PNC park and maybe the, the athletic ability isn't there anymore, but man, he still knows how to play that outfield. Um, he can give some guys on pointers as to way, you know, it's coming off the bat. I mean, there's just so many little things within baseball. And I think that's why we love all love baseball so much is because it isn't just pitch the ball, you know, hit the ball, throw the ball. It's, you know, that I think it was like a bull Durham quote or something. It's, mm-hmm. it's not just that it's all these little intricacies of things that, you know, he will have all this information from have, have been playing here for as long as he had. And even, you know, he came back and played here with the Brewers. He came back here and played with the Phil. Like he knows uh, PNC Park so well. But there's just man, there's I, there's just so many outfielders, and it's I I wanted to say this when we were talking about you know the the expectations. I I see Ben Sherrington as a person who is trying to not get that negative war from positions anymore. So you look at like the first base and the DH combined. I mean, Daniel Vogelbeck had a, had a pretty decent year for us um, when he was healthy and when he, you know, was able to play. We thought, I thought, I shouldn't say we, I thought he was going to play a little bit more first base because he had for Milwaukee the previous year. He didn't, um, was strictly a DH. And then what ends up happening is you get, you know, that negative three, point three F four or whatever it is, worst first base that I mean we've ever seen probably played. And we've seen some pretty bad, you know, first base played in, yeah. in Pittsburgh throughout the years. Um and with that DH, so if you take those three players in in G Man Choi, uh in Carlos Santana and then in Andrew McCutcheon, um you're looking at a positive war there from those from those two positions. And I, I think that's with the the veteran leadership and with that, it's it's not letting there be a hole there and, and not letting the team, you know, fall off too far. Yeah, and I <clears throat> I can't agree more, honestly. It, it's really just instead of throwing like some random veteran out there, you actually went out and spent money on veterans that are trustworthy, like Santana, Choi, Hill, Velasquez. Velasquez, in a way, is, truth, uh, is trustworthy depending on how you – utilizes skills, um, but that's an episode for a whole nother day. But then you get McCutcheon. And I do still find it very fa- uh, fascinating and funny now that we can say that that trade was a win for the Pirates because they're both on the same <laughs> team now. And Kutch also only played half a season in San Francisco before he was traded to New York. So I think the Pirates very clearly figured that one out. Um, but what gets interesting with me now is this is kind of the question that I wanted to ask, the, like not big question, but a question that I haven't really asked much before is a lot of the question that I have with this Pirates team and host of the Locked On Podcast Network, specifically Jeff Carr over at Locked On Reds, has continuously told me that this Pirates team is going to be a competitive ball club. What gets interesting to me is when I look at like what team I want to compare the Pirates to from last year. Like, what team would this Pirates team be like that would that played last year? And I gravitate towards one team no matter what direction I go, and it's the Baltimore Orioles of last year. There's a multitude of reasons why. Because the Orioles had very good players around, like Ryan uh, Mountcastle. They had Trey Mancini. They had um, – who's the pitcher that they traded to um, – can't think all of a sudden jordan but anyway Lyles. yeah uh yes the uh, jordan lyles yes um but 
you look at that whole group of that team and where they were at the all-star break and how they had that huge second half where everybody thought, oh my God, the Orioles are going to make the playoffs. But obviously they fell short. For some reason, I keep saying with how this team is built and then looking at who the general manager is, I even go all the way back farther. Not saying this is what the Pirates are going to do, but they just remind me of this team, the 2013 Red Sox, the team that made Ben Charrington famous, pretty much. A team that saved his job, for lack of a better word, in Boston. So with Andrew McCutcheon in mind, most people would say, oh, Rich Hill's probably gone at the deadline. Santana and Choi are probably gone at the deadline. Maybe you throw in Velasquez, you throw in some other veteran piece. Maybe Brian Reynolds is a guy that they trade at the deadline. Or do they not? I mean, is this another Andrew McCutcheon is here for a couple months and then he's gone to go chase a World Series ring? Or do you think McCutcheon is here the entire season? I mean, everything that I've heard, um, the writing on the wall is that I, and I think Jason Mackey said it best. I, and when he wrote his article and it was that he sees that there's a better chance that Andrew McCutcheon comes back for another year, than he would be traded at the deadline. And, and I think that Charrington even kind of addressed that um, at one point in time that it it's something that could change, but I think it would almost be up to McCutcheon. It's they're letting him be in control of his own destiny uh, is that if I honestly believe it would be on the type of year, the pirates are having the type of year, Andrew McCutcheon is having, and you got to at least listen. And that's been like the biggest thing with, with Charrington so far is everybody just keeps on saying like, well, you know, there's this rumor out here. There's that rumor out there. And I'm like, well, if he was just shutting the door and wasn't listening to something, um, then he wouldn't be doing his job. No. I would I would stick towards the fact that I would see, especially with, you know, McCutcheon being able to be, you know, it might be towards the end of the year and he might be just that fill in, you know, rest day for hopefully, you know, a, a starting outfield that that looks pretty solid and maybe a DH that emerges uh, either on the team now or, you know, from AAA that he just kind of becomes that fill in guy and that it's not even like on the radar to kind of trade him. Uh, yeah. But I do agree, Ethan, I, the, all those other guys you mentioned, and even possibly um, an Austin hedges, uh, the number of teams that could be going for a playoff spot. And I'm not saying you would get a ton back, you know, for him in return, but if somebody's looking for a, a solid defensive minded catcher, you know, heading into the playoffs, even if it's a backup, I mean, I could see some teams calling on him as well. So I, I just, I think that there'll be enough other pieces moved that you wouldn't even be really considering moving McCutcheon unless once again, uh, he would request it. I mean, he's the guy that reached out and said, I want to come back mm-hmm. a- and they listened on that. So I would think that if he said, you know, I-, I know that, you know, the pirates fans might be pretty upset if, if you move me here, but I, I kind of see it as what looks best for my career. I mean, I would see, I would see the pirates listening again, because I mean, chasing that, 
it, it depends on, I mean, every player wants to win a championship, but do you also just kind of want to finish off, you know, where your career started? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest log jam there. And again, I would say the odds of him getting traded at the deadline are slim to none, depending on where they are. Um, because I mean, it would just kind of be a slap in the face to the Pirates fans. It would be like, okay, hey, we brought him back to get you interested in the season. And now that we're <laughs> 10 games under 500, what's the point? Like, we don't need him anymore. But I even think after that, like you mentioned, I think it does matter where this team is by deadline time. And the reason that I brought up the 2022 Baltimore Orioles is because I think this Pirates team, and I looked all through the schedule uh, the other day, I believe on Tuesday, and there were only a certain couple of like stretches where I was like, oh, this is going to be a bad stretch because they play like the Dodgers and the Cardinals back to back or something, or they play like Houston and Seattle back to back on a West Coast trip. I'm like, okay, those are going to be tough. But then you also get those other spurts where you're playing the Reds, Cubs, and Brewers back to back <laughs> to back. And you're like, okay, that could get interesting. So, Again, as I mentioned earlier in the whole point, McCutcheon should not be the reason that this team is good, and he hopefully won't be the reason that this team is bad. Can he be enough of a catalyst, though, to make this a team that could at least flirt with the idea of being in the wild card conversation? It To me, it's it still goes back to that, that youth. Um, and yeah. something you brought up is... I mean, you look at the you look at the Orioles from last year, and you know, yes, they did have some of those veterans, and I mean, they even traded off Mancini, you know, towards the end of the year. It's it's something that it, the the youth came and performed maybe a little bit sooner than expected. But I I always look at these rebuilds in a certain way that you know we've kind of done what uh, the Detroit Tigers what the uh, Kansas city Royals have done for the past few years is you brought in competent, you know, major league veterans. But if you look at the records and I know the Royals, I, uh, some of those guys are a little bit younger and maybe this year is the year that they could take that step forward. But I, they kind of get left with a, a bad, those fan bases get left with a bad taste in their mouth because I mean, the rookies for Detroit last year didn't show up. Um, some of the rookies in Kansas City showed up at times, but but not consistent enough. And the big thing with them is is all the pitching uh, that they had drafted and were developing, you know, didn't show up. I uh, so they were kind of left hanging. You could look at the 2020 um, Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, they made the playoffs in those expanded playoffs, but you know, bringing in like a Mike Mustakas, a Castellanos, when you didn't have the youth movement that you were counting on to, to move forward at that point in time, then you end up being just like an, an underperforming team, mm -hmm. just kind of like the, the Pirates. I, I wouldn't say as bad as, as the Pirates have been the past couple years, but, but definitely not great. So it, it's going to depend a lot on if – the youth that you know Ben Sherrington has acquired is going to be able to take that step forward. I mean, with a Mitch Keller, you look how many years it took him to become, you know, what he is now and what we're hoping he will be in the future. I mean, 
Rwanzi might have a little bit of a, a higher ceiling, but does he really? Because at one point in time, Mitch Keller was seen as a top 10 prospect in all yeah. of Major League Baseball. So his ceiling was pretty darn high. So is Rowanzi going to be able to take that step forward sooner? Is, you know, Luis Ortiz going to be able to take that step forward sooner? Is Johan Oviedo going to be what he was for the Cardinals? Or is he going to be what he was, you know, for the last, I think, eight games that he started for the Pirates? But I think that McCutcheon can be the catalyst in that maybe we won't let things, you know, get away from us. You need that guy that after, you know, you're, you maybe got swept in a series or on a five game losing streak, those guys that can be that voice within the clubhouse to make sure that it doesn't become, you know, an eight or a nine game skid. Um, And that's what was so important. I mean, going back to when, you know, the last time the pirates were quote unquote competitive, um, even when he didn't have his best stuff, like an AJ Burnett or, or a Francisco Liriano were the, the guys that could put their foot down and say, okay, we've lost a few games in a row, but it's, it's my point in the rotation. Um, we're not losing this game. So that's where I feel like these veterans are going to become even more important is that, you know, of course they want to perform well for themselves because some of them they know will, you know, will possibly be moving to a contender and want to be, you know, somebody that a contender wants at that point in time in the season. But I also think they're going to be those guys that are just like, Hey kids, knock it off in the clubhouse. Like we just lost however many games in a row. Is this how you want your major league career to go? Mm -hmm. So that's where I think that is going to be, you know, and McCutcheon, it's just like I, I have. He's like I struck out twice in a row. You're gonna see McCutcheon come back up there, you know, the third time, and he's gonna have that look in his eye, like, okay, you got to me twice. I'm gonna show these guys that they're not gonna get to me, you know, a third yeah. time. So that's, I know that a lot of that is, you know, not something that can be quantified um, within baseball, and it's it's not in the numbers, but it's something that you know, that veteran leadership that they've been lacking in, in the clubhouse. I mean, they've overloaded it at this point in time. And it's with, you know, some guys that, you know, have those personalities and, you know, Austin Hedges works behind the scenes. It looks like Rich Hill works behind the scenes, except for when he's throwing the ball and doesn't like where it goes and throws out expletives, which I love to see. But Andrew McCutcheon is one of those guys that mingles with everybody. And it doesn't matter if you're, you know, going to be a starter this year, or you're just a guy who was, you know, a non-roster invited to camp and may not even have a shot to make the team. I mean, he'll, he'll sit there and he'll take his time with you. So those, those guys are, are great to have in the clubhouse. And I mean, Carlos Santana is, is the same type of player. So that's where that, that stuff's going to be. But I would just, I mean, like once again, with, with Pirates fans is to, to temper the expectations as far as, I mean, a lot of, I'm Pirates fans, and you know this, Ethan, from you know interacting with them on Twitter and Facebook and and on your podcast and in the chat rooms and stuff. I mean, they're going to look at the batting average of McCutcheon. They're going to look at, mm-hmm. you know, not seeing him in the outfield. Like, why is he DHing so much? Or, you know, why is this guy playing in the outfield over him? I mean, you kind of got to set that stuff aside and just see, you know, what McCutcheon is is bringing to the team, and and if those younger guys that he's, you know, mentoring at this point in time in his career, if they're taking that step forward. 
Very much so. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Couldn't agree more. 2023 is here. Let's see if we get another uh, Kevin Newman batting average guy in spring training this year that we all overreact to. But Craig, coming on the show for the first time, again, probably going to end up being a thing every Thursday. But where can people find all of your work that you do for the Pittsburgh Pirates outside of the Locked on Pirates podcast? Um, go to at Bucks Basement on Twitter, Bucks in the Basement on Facebook. I mean, we do also have an Instagram at Bucks Basement. And then, of course, also, you know, myself and Gary with uh, Ethan uh, at uh, InsideTheBucksBasement.com. We got articles coming out, I believe, like one, at least one a day now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's some good stuff. I'm over there. Have a great group over there as well. But we have baseball in a couple days, so I'm sure next week uh, we'll have about five or six spring training games, I think, by then. Sure, we'll have some actual baseball to talk about rather than expectations. So my name is Ethan Smith. That is Craig. Thank you guys for tuning into the Locked on Pirates podcast today here on Thursday, February 23rd. And I will see you guys on the flip side.